<laughs> I'm I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to Burf Barf. I'm a, I'm a melty pile of shit. What about you? <laughs> I am not a human being. I thought I was better than all these people that said, it'll take between 9 and 14 days to feel normal again. I am here to tell you on the Thursday after the race that ended on Saturday that I feel like a melted pile of wax with random chunks of plastic in it. To quote Lauren on the drive home, like wet garbage at Cedar Point. (laughs) That's what I said you smelled like. (laughs) And she was right. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we here to talk about? Expedition Ozark. (laughs) Gunshots, etc. Wow. The saga that is Expedition Ozarks. So, guys, we'll just lead off by saying we're not sure how we're going to communicate and convey everything that happened to us over the course of this race because it was like three different adventures. Yeah. It's a lot. So this might end up being like... one a, episode, a, mini, a BBC for, miniseries, yes, <laughs> a, a period piece about Expedition Ozarks could be one episode, three, six, eight, twelve. Yeah, who knows? It could just be one six-hour episode where we d- just descend into madness. Yeah, a docu-series about uh, trash practices in Eastern Europe. <laughs> yep, trash practices. <laughs> okay, we're off to a super start. I haven't made a single reasonable sentence today. I keep trying to say things and then interjecting words that don't go there. So, I, I mean, to give you to give listeners any indication of where we are in our healing process, right before sitting down for this podcast, Lauren put her hand in a pile of my drool on a pillow in my house. So that's where I am, is leaving piles of drool all over my home. I came over early to sleep before we podcasted so that I could be a person to podcast. So yeah, do I would just start by saying, don't underestimate what a five-day race can do to you. Yeah, and if any of our words sound like maybe we're not using the right words, like we've had a mini stroke, just just, just roll in, with it. Yeah, just roll with it. Put in the right word for us, and you know it's our way of having you participate as a yeah. listener. Yeah, don't at us. Yeah, we're not home. <laughs> <laughs> like anybody's gonna at us. They can't. We yeah. don't tweet. Yeah, uh, I do want to call out some people before we get into everything else. Uh, we don't have individual new patreons. But we have a lot of like support and love that will come up as we talk about our lead up to the race and getting to the race. I do want to shout out to our key sponsors for Expedition Ozarks, which is Bella's Beans, our coffee subscri- subscription service based out of Granville, Ohio. To our race series, Samuel Hartman is a race director of a local race series and business. And the retreat at Willow Creek, which is owned by our dear friends, uh, Jess and her husband. So thank you to you three for um, being our key sponsors for expedition ozarks it means a lot it surely does okay with that let's with that go. let us rock it into the stratosphere yeah we hopped in the van uh two saturdays ago to uh we were fully Fuck, lo- two saturdays <laughs> yeah fully loaded up and actually made it out of the driveway before 7 a.m on the second S- yes which 7 a.m on the nose which gives me the biggest organizational boner of all time it really thrills me to my core we were having a sweet old time driving down just yeah. doing normal burf barf stuff, which is um, laughing until you snot and also um, discussing your deepest fears and secrets. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Do we do any tarot readings no. on the drive yet? No. No. We, we probably should have. We did a pre-race meeting tarot read mm-hmm. that... And I shared that on Instagram. Yeah. And, it yeah. actually went re- really well. But we did notice this tarot reading that we got was the Five of Wands. And we kept thinking, like, it's kind of a foreboding card but it's Mm -hmm. also about like 
Um, it's it, like the essence of it is like chaotic competition. Mm-hmm. And we just kept wondering, like, what's the fifth wand? Like, yeah. we've got all of us here. What's the fifth element here that's also, this going is to the card that i got in the drawing so each one of each one of us got a tarot card and mine was the five of wands and if you look at it it's a dark card and yeah it's a little dark i mean it's it's also like we're gonna get to it and like get mm-hmm. down to brass tacks and really yep. grit it out but it's yeah. also like something fucked up is gonna get thrown in there chaos. well chaos did hit us uh by the time we made it down to saint george saint roberts, roberts. yeah okay saint roberts saint roberts yeah. missouri so if you guys remember, and I'm glad, like, I will admit the last episode we put out, I felt a little whiny because I felt pretty, like, stressed and, like, I spent a lot of the last episode talking about, like, putting money into the van and making sure the van was good to go and just, like, the stressors that come from doing an expedition race from, you know, a couple of different facets. And so I feel like it's it's great that, like, full-time regular listeners preemptively knew that I was stressed about finances and in particular with the van because I think it adds this whole rich umami to the the story upon which we're about to embark with you. Yes, it's a spicy gumbo of pain. Yep, so we get to St. Robert's, Missouri, uh, which is four hours from uh, the race start, Fayetteville, uh, Arkansas. And we... I'm driving along on the freeway, and thank goodness it was me. I feel good about that. I'm driving along on the freeway, me too. and all of a sudden the van stops shifting, like just yeah. The R the, the RPM just rev 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 won't shift, won't go above like 20 miles an hour, maybe a little bit faster on a downhill, and I'm hoping it's just like I I had sunk. 2k into the van the week before we left in order to get stuff tuned up and taken care of and i was hoping there was just like a computer glitch or, or something it's transmission fluid we'll just open the yeah. bad boy up yeah. dump some gooey yeah. in put and some, be on yeah. our way put some more gooey and we're good yeah um or like you know computer stuff like car yeah, computer stuff glitching. is black magic to me yeah and so we I drove it, you know, at 20 miles an hour, about five miles away to a little shitty auto service center, which I would love to give them more credit. They they were a, just a really basic service center, but they took a look at the van while we did yoga in this in creepy room child's room, smelled, child waiting area. It smelled like Swisher sweets and butt shit. <laughs> it smelled like, yeah, that mural smelled like poop. It did. <laughs> just, you know, Humpty Dumpty smiling at you with tobacco stained teeth. It's something. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Uh-huh. So we're, I'm trying to like stay calm because the fact that this thing has happened with the van after having all the stress of paying for it to be fixed and ready to go for this trip really wigged me out. Mm-hmm. Like I was really wigged out. Mm-hmm. And so we're just waiting for the technician to tell us something. Cause this was also on, was it a Saturday night? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Are you sure? Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And it was starting to get into that time where there was not a lot of uh, auto places open and even less places are open on Sundays. Right. And so they check out the van and he says, I'm sorry to tell you that you need a new transmission. And at first, I definitely had thoughts that he was trying to hustle me, but they didn't do transmissions there. It didn't behoove them at all. He was to... not hustling you. Yep. He really gave you a face like, man, I wish this yeah. wasn't fucking true for yep. your sake. Yep. And so uh, 
we take the van. I look up the nearest Ford dealership service place, which is Ed Morse Ford in St. Roberts, Missouri, and leave the keys to the van, like with their service department for their overnight drop box. To That's say, like, after we went to the U-Haul place, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're tired. Yeah. We went to a U-Haul place, and me, Laura, and Amanda gave the weirdest information to this poor tiny woman who had no clue what we were talking about, and after 25 minutes of telling her that we were on our way to a race and needed to move all of our gear into a U-Haul, she said, do you need any assistance with moving? (laughs) We were like, honey, we're not moving. We just need a place to schlep our gear, and she was like... Okay, I don't understand. I'm sorry. <laughs> we were trying to be very calm, but everyone was a little bit like, Gah! yeah. And uh, Laura was telling me about renting the U-Haul, and I was like, I was like, but the van and can't go. No, anywhere. Annie couldn't. Pro- I kept trying. I was trying to mediate. They were like, you talk to her. She listens to you best. And I was like, okay, I'm going in. Annie, we're gonna get a U-Haul. And you were like, stop. Not yet. Okay, no. Yeah. And, I, and then you were still like, what? but what about, I don't understand. I know. And then I was Could very not confused process. because we were getting the U-Haul for one day yes. because we were all maxed out. We were like, oh yeah. oh yeah, we'll get a U-Haul for the whole week, which we didn't need a U-Haul for the no, whole we week. No, we would have spent $2,000 on a U-Haul we in a parking lot. We just needed to get our stuff to the race start. And so I was like, Laura was like, yeah, so we have the U-Haul for one day. And I was like, I don't want to drive back here tomorrow. No. Like, I really thought we had oh, to dr- take the honey. gear to the race and yeah. then drive back. And she was like, no, we'll return it in Fayetteville. And I was like, okay. Okay. So, yeah, so we pick up the U-Haul. So we, um, first we had to move all of our gear. We had to box up all of the bikes. So we're doing this in the Ford dealership parking lot. So I had talked to them about dropping the van off to have the transmission looked at while we're at the race, which was really weird to be like, hey, I need you to look at the van. Tell me what's wrong with it. Don't do anything to it. I was I was terrified that I was going to like. Come, come out back to of a the bill. Whole, come out of the hole after the race, and they'd be like, "It was eleven thousand dollars, and we did it, and now you owe us." Yeah. Um, but we are in the parking lot, moving all of our shit from the oh. van to the U-Haul, and then Annie really cracked in half. Yeah, she was putting her bike, taking her bike apart to put it in the box, and had just been serviced by a local shop, uh-huh. and her cassette exploded. It just came off of the bike, and she just started crying and like just broke yeah because i at the time i was thinking i paid to do the right thing to have my van taken care of it's fucked i paid to have the right thing done for my bike it's fucked side note it turns out that's the way that cassette is designed that's what it does it doesn't make any sense to me yeah not a great cassette style to have when you have to take apart your bike five times in one week Uh uh-huh whoops yeah but yes as i'm staring at my brand new cassette laying on the ground separate from the tire from the wheel i was like everything's fucked (laughs) in retrospect i would i don't know that i'd ever recommend the super fancy bike box that everybody used in this race because it requires like 16 moving pieces and you've got to take the back wheel off i just used a cardboard box i took the front wheel off lowered my saddle and twisted my handlebars and was like boop yeah and that gave me a pretty big leg up on a lot of shit yeah so yeah moved all the stuff from the van into the u-haul uh U-Haul box trucks only have two seats. I was just going to say, there's only room for two people in the but front. But there's four people on our team. So, so we you did guys this. might be wondering, 
Where did the other two people go? We safely got an Uber and rode it all the way four hours to Fayetteville, Arkansas. We nope. strapped him to the hood nope. like a dead deer. Nope. Amanda and I definitely rode in the back of a U-Haul ch- chugging whiskey and beer and eating Subway. Which, so uh, most of us had either decreased or cut out alcohol mm-hmm. prior to the race for mm-hmm. like, you know, a week or two weeks. Amanda hadn't drank beer in a really long time. Really long time. Except for a few exceptions. And this happened with the van and we were like, fuck it. Nobody, yeah, everyone felt broken. So we're just like, okay, all bets are off. I don't care if it's like the two nights before race night. Yeah. We're fucking drinking. Yep, getting a tall boy and then we're getting drinks at the hotel bar. Right. So so Lauren and Amanda ride in the back of the box truck like a pair of refugees because- We had a hysterical time. It's good. Uh, uh, Laura was so worried about you two we being were in the back. blasting Passion Pit, drinking and telling jokes. Yeah. You guys spent so much time together this week. I, I, I really do feel like kind of a part of, of me is missing- like, I have to unzip Amanda from my side because uh, we just, we were in our, our boat together. We did a lot of trekking together. We spent a lot of time in the back of a box truck. Normal friend stuff. Yeah, normal friend stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we drive the U-Haul the four hours to the race hotel. I have to say because it's an incredible stat to me. You can give me other race stats. I don't won't care as much as I do about this stat. From the time there was a shifting problem in the van on the freeway to the time we had gotten a U-Haul truck, loaded up our shit, and we're back on the road. So, like, very early, like, problem setting in to on the road, back on on target, was two and a half hours. I mean, including taking apart bicycles. Yep. And having the van looked at at one shop and taking it to a different shop. That's pretty great. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so we arrive at the hotel, and uh, it's a cute little themed hotel. Yeah, the Graduate in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, part of, one of the really lovely things about Expedition Ozarks is that lodging for two nights before the race and mm. up to two nights after the race were included. That is really like such a luxurious and delightful part of the yes. package that was this race. Yes. You're going to hear us bitch significantly later about not getting t-shirts or medals for this event, but if it's between mm. that and, and hotel stays, it was very, very nice to ha- not have that additional expense and also to have everyone in the same place. Oh, the, lo- the logistics pre and post of just like where your gear went how it got there like there was just a lot of legwork that their team did to make this comfortable and easier yeah so we arrived there with our stuff um the team starts to get checked into the room i managed to find myself at the u-haul by myself like to close up the back of the U-Haul and bring my stuff in. All of us were fried. Like Mm -hmm. we all had a very stressful day. Mm -hmm. And I all of a sudden was just like, found myself uber pissed that I was stuck being the one that had to lock up the back of the U-Haul and figure out where to park it. I didn't know what room, what our hotel room was. Like I, like all of a sudden was just by myself and it was an indication of where my emotional state was from the, from the day as I was like immediately like, pissed and sad and lonely and i like drove the u-haul over to the parking lot uh diagonal from the hotel and it's one of those like tiny city lots where none of the parking spots are as big as they're supposed to and nothing links up so you have to back in and out of everything and i'm just like grumbling the whole time like you know i threw my suitcase at the valets and was like watch this one i'll park that you oh god (laughs) 
<laughs> and I came back in and was like, hey, guys, like, you can't leave me alone. To that was the do- first time you've ever yelled at me in my whole life, and I had to go hide and cry afterwards. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, you've never shouted at me before. I know. And I, I would, I don't know, like... You could have just called us from the parking lot. I did and I would call have... you guys. Okay. I know. I don't have any calls from you. I would have come to you. And that really took the wind out of me. And it was really hard to bounce back from that. And I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah. But man, that was a rough time. Mm-hmm. I know. It was a hard day for everybody. Yeah. I know. And I'm refraining from saying I'm sorry because I needed to communicate how upset I was and that I was alone and that I couldn't have that happen to me again. Okay. Yeah. Well, here we go. Moving on from that. We can sit and stew in it a little bit. No, that's okay. We can keep dunking our butts in the butt soup. No, I don't want to be in the butt soup. So then we had a cocktail because that's what everybody absolutely fucking needed in order to decompress a little. And uh, then we went back to the room. I don't really fuss with pre-race shit. I just get in bed and close my eyes and put my earplugs in. Yeah, I don't think we did much. Did you not? I don't think so. I I just I I know that I'm always the first ready and the first up, so I just don't I don't worry that yeah, much. Yeah, because we didn't have anything up in the room, so oh yeah, our gear had been checked in, which was cool. No, 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 no? our gear hadn't been checked in. What day is today? <laughs> so that was the pre okay the pre race meeting. Got it. Because so all we had was our overnight bags up in the room. We'd had a couple drinks. Oh, okay. Our stuff was in the U-Haul. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yep. So. The next morning we get up, we we feel really accomplished about having worked through the previous day, and we're just like, wow, that yesterday was crazy, right? Yes, it was crazy. I'm telling everyone that we meet anywhere how bad our day how bad our day was the day before, um, and uh, we go to breakfast at one of the only places that's open for breakfast on a Sunday morning. We start to see some of the other adventure racing teams, which is really cool, uh, you know talking to Mark Latanzi in the bakery and saying like of course telling him about van troubles and just being like yeah the van transmission blew up on the way here we had to run a u-haul and mm-hmm. like um and uh we have a nice breakfast next to two women with a young boy whose shirt said i would rather be fishing and the fishing was crossed out and it said be at rehearsal which what the fuck? Why are you paying attention to this weird ass shit? We don't have it. time for this shit. Yeah. We got to talk about six days of racing. I'm reimmersing myself in the in the experience, and so we leave breakfast, and we're like, "All right, we're gonna get our gear. We have to get it ready for gear check in." Mm-hmm. And we go to open the U-Haul, and I was like, "Shit!" I was like, "I must have been driving like uh like a loony a lunatic from the hotel to the parking lot because." All of our stuff's kind of tossed around. Mm-hmm. That was my thought. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, a bunch of stuff fell around in here because right. I was driving angry. Right. And then it was like, uh, no. Yeah, where's Laura's bag? Stuff is out of our bags. Yeah. Stuff is strewn about. All my mandatory gear had been pulled out. Clothes are opened. out of my suitcase. Yeah. Somebody broke into our U-Haul. Yeah. Well, very luckily, they took very little. Given what we have, which is an obscene amount of gear, we have at least six to seven bins that are all filled with, I mean, I could have taken food, but we have very expensive camping gear. Like, I've got a bunch of Hyperlite camping gear. I have my mountain, all four of us have mountain bikes. All four of us had packs. The only thing that got stolen from me was all my cash, which is a bummer. It was like, if we got a hotel, I wanted to be able to buy a hotel. Still, it was 200 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, um, but in the end, 
they didn't know maybe that the things in the boxes were bicycles. Thank so goodness. we really, really lucked out there that it could have been much worse than it was, to yeah. be honest. And it it did suck, and it could have been much worse. Well, and it's easier for us to say because mm, we say didn't that. have to start a race with a bunch of gear that wasn't ours. So we quickly began the process of starting to um, ask other racers for help. We Actually, Amanda and I were walking back in towards the hotel, and a friend of a friend, Matt, Matt was holding three packs. And he, he looked at me, and I said... One of our racers doesn't have a pack anymore. And he goes, do you need one of these? And I was like, yes. Like, people were just standing around with extra gear. And as soon as we, like, got people into action, like, Team This Ability really, like, immediately was like, what else do you need? How can we cover you? Got us some mandatory gear that was, like, really specific and, you know, obscure shit. Like, a strobe light for your boat that we didn't have. So... They, they cover a lot of different folks from different teams ended up covering Laura. It's very uncomfortable for somebody to like race in shit that's not their own gear. So that was like, and plus like your pack has like all of your nice to have things like, you know, like your butt wipes folded the way you like it. Yes, exactly. Noon tablets in your favorite flavor, like the little whoopee things that makes you feel cozy. cozy Yeah. My pack is a cozy space. It's like your spare clothes, your spare clothes that are your most favorite to change into. Right. And she lost her hat, which is her whoopee. Yeah. Which I, I love that hat has comforted me. It's like an old torn up holy wool hat that I have like snuggled at nationals Mm. multiple times. Yeah. And I, like, yeah, it wasn't a lot of stuff that got stolen, but it was Laura's whole setup. Yeah. So that was really rough for, like, just everybody took an emotional hit. Yeah. Like, Amanda has a thing that she was going through. Like, Laura's, all of her shit got stolen. You know, Annie's poor van. My best friend yelled at me. Yeah. (laughs) I know. You felt that. (laughs) Uh, Mine was pretty minor. But in the end, like... I don't know. I'm probably pretty scary when I yell. You are very scary. Uh... But I understand not apologizing. I'll hold space for you. Thank you. Um, oh, but yeah, and ultimately what ended up being the biggest deal for Laura was using the borrowed pack and a borrowed headlamp. Like mm, those two not things working. plagued her. Her headlamp did not work all week and it was both making her tired and was making bicycling very dangerous at night. Yeah. And she couldn't contribute by looking for checkpoints either. Oh, no, like, it was very tricky. Uh, quick thought for our future racing is that... When we um, saw Team Warrior, we noticed that their dual navigators, like one would look at the map and then the other had a very high powered hand flashlight to like scan the area mm-hmm. to, to look for CPs. And I think we should absolutely co- copy that yeah. so that I have something to do. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs need job. I, I am a dog. But you do needs have a job. job. You t- carry extra weight. That was my only job this race, and I I'm feel comfortable bouncing around about talking about this race, and I'll just say, like, that wasn't enough for me to feel important. <laughs> it was not enough. You know what, though? I was discussing with someone about how tired you were at the end of the race, and they were like, could have been the extra weight that you were carrying the No, I, I think I was prepped for that. I think mm-hmm. I just didn't sleep as much as everyone mm-hmm. else. Uh so we replaced everything that got stolen from the U-Haul. And sweet, sweet Jameson from Tower Racing held some space for oh, you. I, yeah. I was waiting in line for the uh, elevators, and he heard our story, and he was like, "If it, you know, if anybody needs like 
for me to hold some space for them. I have room and like a emotional room for that. And I was like, there is a six foot tall, dark haired lady outside that would probably just die if she heard those words from you. And he was like, I will be right back. And like immediately went outside. Yeah. And he did. And he came outside and said, uh, I heard it might be useful to have if, uh, if someone had capacity and I have space to hold for you. What and- an absolute beacon of light that person is. I am thrilled to be able to race. And I would say not so much alongside because they went very fast. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to participate in the same race yes, as Jameson I would love to participate in the same race as well. Yeah. What an all-around excellent team. Yeah. And uh, I think it was like, a, for me, this, this pre-race stuff was about like, uh, next milestone in like personal development because I am definitely like was a smusher downer and like yeah, I was just were. telling everyone about our bad day because it felt good to just be like heard and validated and to be like it's okay to talk about having this shitty day we had a shitty shitty fucking time it's getting so to this fucking race you and I just changed so much I know and like you have been the emote guy and I am like the smush it down guy yeah. now and like Laura and I had a moment while you and Amanda were running bike boxes in and stuff up to the room where we just like stood in the street and and we're, we're crying and wailing about how unfair it was and how we could handle this, but it was unfair that, that you we, had that to. we had to. Mm-hmm, I hear you. And just really, like, thrown a fit. Yeah. Like, it sucked. Yeah. <sighs> so. Uh, you take the U-Haul back, I think, later that oh, day. Oh, yeah. Uh, I went on a solo journey, which was very surreal, to the end of a dark parking lot and got, a, got an Uber back. And... What did we do after that? We got our gear ready because uh, gear yes. check-in was that day. We had our pre-race mandatory meetings, which was cool. So mm-hmm. we got, you know, into a conference room with all of the other teams. So there was 40 or 41, I think. 40? 30? 40. But I think 34. Fin- there, there were several teams who didn't show. Okay. So somewhere in the range of 35 to 40 teams that were at the pre-race meeting. And that was pretty cool because, like. A lot of nervous energy in that yeah. room. Also, Holy there's cow. just, like. You know, teams from France and, and Ecuador and, and Brazil, Brazil and, and Canada like, and, and Denmark. Skin doctors there. Yeah. They were just like, you know, standing amongst giants for real. Like yeah. some crazy, crazy strong athletes. Yeah. And they did this dope course flyover. It was so which was cool. That was, I think, the first time that I get excited about the course itself and yes. not the experience of the format. They When they covered the beefy, beefy trek leg, yeah. and it was just like, and here, and then it would turn across another mountain and be like, and here, and everyone was just going like, oh! <laughs> it just went on forever. <laughs> that trek leg, like, fucking destroyed people's feet yeah not their brains or their spirits but their feet yeah so it was really cool to see like how much ground we would actually be covering because it's really like i don't know a morphous blob to be like five days 350 miles like sure yeah whatever the fuck that means very very hard so like yeah watching like this sort of like sunto flyover of the landscape it was really satisfying to watch and i actually have a copy of it i think they also put it up on the website but it's it was very satisfying and then there were some questions about, like... Poison ivy. Poison ivy <laughs> and, like, wildlife and stuff like that that was all pretty benign. There wasn't anything kind of earth-shattering that came up no. during the pre-race meeting. Um, really nice to be introduced to the referees and the medical team, who we ended up seeing a lot of both of them. Yeah. 
Um, their medical team was... It was baller. Like, when the really medical cool. team says, don't call 911, call us, we'll get to you faster. Yeah, we'll treat them and street them. That's amazing. And they did. <laughs> People got their faces sewn up on the course and sent back out to race. This is another level of racing that I have never been a part of. Like, you know, you do an ultra, you cut your face open, you go to the hospital, you call it, you know, like you bust your face wide open in in a five day expedition race and you're just like, fix me. Yeah. And just like the level of uh, like competency on the medical team was clearly very high and they were definitely like adventure people. They were like correctly calibrated for the tone of the event and I just I really lo- I loved seeing them yeah it's like the difference between going to a normal doctor when you have a running injury and, and a, a running, running doctor. doctor yeah one, exactly. one tells you you can never run again and the other one's like I don't know yeah <laughs> Dr. Dr. Lauren's like you you done cut your titty off and now you just got a boob flap hanging up we'll just sew it clean back on you don't need two boobs get back in the boat <laughs> it was it was awesome, and Adrian Crane, our beloved ARWS ref, oh, was uh, such a bloody delight. Yeah, he was a <laughs> he was an unexpected uh, joy to see periodically at the most random times throughout the race. Such an interesting person. We get to talk to him a lot afterwards. Um, so yeah, I think those are the main things of the pre race meeting. There were several mandatory pre race meetings. It was like the big group, the captains, mm-hmm. the gear check in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we. We finally get all of our gear prepared to check in. So we checked in our gear bin. Our bikes had to be disassembled and put in their bike box when we checked in. And our paddle bags. And it was such a fucking relief to have that done because Mm -hmm. it finally felt like we were catching up to the normal team race prep stuff. It was like, okay, we don't have the additional assignments of renting a u-haul right and sourcing stolen stuff like it was yeah. like okay now we're just dealing with the same pre-race stress that now everybody we're on the else same has playing field. right yes like we finally caught up to everybody and so we're doing gear check-in and they're weighing uh they're weighing all of our stuff mm-hmm. and i'm looking at the and i will give myself some credit here i have a very good uh memory for faces and, and people oh you mean hot ladies <laughs> <laughs> hey, and hot boys and hot boys yeah i'm a yeah i'm an equal opportunity gawker hot, hot, yes i'm an equal opportunity <laughs> gawker but as we're watching the woman who's doing the way and i was like i think we know that person and we had gone to bentonville a year before for lauren's birthday last year and it turns out it was this delightful woman morgan who was at a pizza place last year when we went for lauren's birthday who had just done a bike race called rule of three and told us we have to do it which as i know we are we're coming we are we're, we are we doing are it. doing we're rule doing of three it. yeah but i was like yo i think we we met you a year ago and she was like holy shit and like cool. um just so cool to like she'll she was, come back later yes, in her story yeah she was the first recurring character from our experience in bentonville last year to this year our uh-huh. hope this year was that we would see everyone from bentonville that we saw last year and we've cu- crossed off like it off. four yep but we need like 15 more yeah um so we do gear check-in morgan's fucking delightful uh her boyfriend Evan is there who's also fucking delightful just just beginning to kind of like amass our feel good people to help like uh support our emotions through this 5 day event. Okay, I'm bored. <laughs> Go. <laughs> I don't know, I just want to get to the fun part. I'm so ADHD that the minutia of this is just like fucking scraping my fucking flesh off, bro. I just can't. Go. <laughs> You're a bitch. 
You just love the details, and I, don't I can't the, deal with it. I don't love it. the details, but there are things you have to plant now so that I they know. come to fruition right. later. That's fine. All right. Craft your fucking story. <laughs> Do you rush the artist? It, it, I know. If I understand. this was my podcast, it would just be about it is four. It's not. It would be about four feelings that I had over the course of six days, and then it would be over. I was angry, then I was happy, then I cried from joy, and then I went into psychosis. That's <laughs> That would be the whole podcast. That would be it. And this is why I can't own a business alone. <laughs> Uh, I do want to like, okay, so after gear check-in's done, we go to sleep. I think everybody sleeps a normal-ish amount. I, I woke up I at did. 3. Oh, yeah, you slept like 9 I hours or something. I slept like 8 to 3 a.m. and felt stellar. Yeah, so we get up uh, We get up at 4, we get half the maps. 3. 3. Yeah, because they said the buses left at 4, but really what they did is gave us the maps at like 4 <laughs> or 5 o'clock, which is great because we got time with the maps. I was worried that we were going to get the maps and then have to spend the whole... All of our mapping time would be on, on the bus, bus which is and so that is sickening. So it really hard. it makes people sick Ooh. and sweaty and yucky. Yes. I was like, oh, I've got these French fries from dinner. I'm definitely going to take them and eat them on the bus because if I wake up at three and I don't race till seven or eight in the morning, I need to eat four meals between there. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I've got it. I wrapped up my my morning meal, I put it in my Patagonia, and I thought I'll definitely grab that before we get on the bus. And then we all went down and loaded up all of our gear into a bus that went to the hotel we were staring at afterwards. And then after 40 other people, I don't know, 60 other people loaded their shit in. Mine was at the bottom and there were French fries in my clothing bag. And they were going to be there for six Mm, more days. So good. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I'm actually glad you mentioned leftovers. We did go to dinner after we checked on our gear. And we had the most delightful dinner on a patio. And spent time before we went to dinner doing something that Jameson of Tower Racing recommended, which was to stand in the grass barefoot and reground ourselves. And we held hands and we looked like a freaky little cult. Yes, we We did. We looked like crazy, crazy people who are like witches or Christians or evangelicals. We definitely held hands barefoot and like sang and screamed and then walked to dinner. And people were like, oh, dear. (laughs) I hope they're not coming over Mm -hmm. here. Yes, we are. Yes. It was such a good transition, though, to like, again, pre-race stuff to being like, holy shit, guys. Did you remember we're here to do a five-day race? I feel like I'm such a different person than the person who sat down to eat those fries that night. I understand. Like, I'm different now. Yeah. Uh back to race morning we get our maps we're able to do some mapping in the hotel which is fucking great i don't think i did any mapping on the bus i just read through the race book which was super helpful uh energy on the bus was great got to have our first kind of interactual interaction with team natural state who is one of the local teams oh yeah made up of jeremy yeah. the owner of the bentonville bike inn jacqueline chastine mad uh, mads and summer oh good for you yeah and it was really uh, I love meeting people before the race where you're like, I hope we get to kind of leapfrog each other. We did. This whole we event. did and we did do a, a lot. Times. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was really cool to meet the 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 local the local team. They were fucking rad. Yeah. It was a good way to start off the day. And then right in front of us was the team from Kansas, whose name is still escaping me now. Thirty eight point six maybe maybe but we called them team melancholia (laughs) because in the first i feel so bad for them basically whatever you say to us in the first 25 minutes of meeting us is who you you are forever Yeah. yeah and one of the members of that team we overheard him on the initial prologue say 
I am one who is prone to bouts of melancholy. And we were like, that's who you are. Team Melancholia. Team Men- Melancholia forever. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> but we, we saw them a lot and they were really fantastic too. Yeah. So that was one of the least horrible bus rides I've ever been to beginning of a race. Because usually I spend the whole time thinking I'm going to shit. Oh, no. I thought I was going to shit my pants the whole way. Yeah. I didn't get car sick, but I was going to shit my pants. Yeah. Um, and so beginneth <laughs> the poop. <laughs> Says the woman who said she didn't want this podcast episode. There is, it it would be like, you can't, it would be like talking about birth without blood. Like, you just can't. You just can't. There's no story here unless we talk about the poop. The poop. (laughs) Also, yeah, like anybody on our team listening to this podcast would be like, why didn't you talk about everything that happened? What about all the poops? What about all the poops? <laughs> <laughs> so first poops, okay. get out of the bus at the start. The start was at this recreational area that was like, uh, I will say, and we'll say this several more times, this race was beautiful. It was gorgeous. Like, beautiful, beautiful. It was. And it was really lovely in like a... It's funny to think about it in contrast to Nationals last year, because Nationals last year was, like, Alpine beautiful, like, Mm -hmm. out west beautiful, Mm -hmm. and Ozarks beautiful is its whole own thing. And I've never been able to enjoy it, because the places where I've spent the greatest deal of my depth of suffering is the Ozarks. Famously, when Annie and I did the bobcat journey, she she was in good spirits when I was feeling sick, as I always do, and she said, Lauren, look at that waterfall, and I said, Fuck that waterfall, and I wouldn't even look at it. So I've spent a lot of time avoiding the beauty of the Ozarks, yeah. and I finally got to really like steep myself in it. Yeah, and that makes me want to say briefly, too, for people who are maybe listening to this as their first exposure to us, you and I have had several momentous moments that have happened in the Ozarks. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. please go and listen to the Bobcat episode, which I think is episode like number three, mm-hmm. if you're interested in our experience within the Ozarks. Lauren has ran and won the Ozarks 100. Like, we've had several monumental yeah. instances. Going to going to the Ozarks for your birthday last year was like a key yeah. monument. Like, we've just had a lot of really big impactful big things yep. happen to us mm-hmm. in the Ozarks. So, like, yeah. when I told my mom about doing Expedition Ozarks, she was like, of course your first Expedition race yeah. would be in the Ozarks. I do. And I'm so glad that we did this race because I'm glad I could soften some of my hardened heart for the Ozarks. Mm-hmm. And really, like, I did, I did have moments of rage at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say 90% of the time I really could spend like, wow, I'm so lucky to be here. It's really beautiful. Yeah. So like the race start, we were on like a pier in the middle of a beautiful lake to, to start the Mm -hmm. race. Mm -hmm. And we started out on foot and, um, just for anybody who is wondering, because I was wondering this, there is a prologue and expedition, or there can be. So yeah, stage we didn't one know. was a prologue, we didn't um, know. which was perfect. We were excited to be starting on foot because I know for me, navigation-wise, it's the easiest to warm up nav-wise while on foot and not make such big mistakes. Like, it was very important to start out chill. Um, and uh, there were three checkpoints in the prologue. There was a rule to stay on the road and trails for this section. And However, for a lot of stages. overgrown they may be, which was the, our instructions, which, which was, was very, very misleading. Very was, misleading. And I still don't know what the right answer was. I haven't looked at the live tracks. But so we start out. I'm quite surprised 
at how many people do actually start walking. So like, but the front was literally sprinting. I've watched yes, the start of this race I know, but about if you, five times if now. If you listen to Mary, she said that as soon as they were out of sight, they were like, okay, we can walk now. I mean, Sue Raid was like, they are laughing. They're laughing at each other because they're sprinting so hard in the prologue. Yeah. You can see it on the video. They're like, ha what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, but a lot of people started walking. We walked and we, this was the only part of the race we ran in which we shuffled down a slight downhill and that's oh no that's bullshit bitch you definitely ran that one time and amanda and i were like why are they running now and that was day five you and laura decided it would be cool to start running on day five Uh uh-uh yes you consult part consult the books very close to the end very very close to the end we were on but we i kendall walked at most nope you jogged i will ask amanda I promise on my fucking life you ran. And Amanda was like, are we racing now? Why? <laughs> you did. You did it. Okay, maybe I did. I, I know, know you did. Uh, so we do the prologue. We're with the group for a while. And then our team gets the piece. So we had to stop and pee. And we get separated from the group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I was like, oh shit, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, and we got a little bit bumbly uh, along the river. But everybody did while going to, I think, the third CP. We had several water crossings in the in the first prologue. Oh my god, we just got get wet, stay wet. Expedition yeah. of Ozark. Just yeah. wet the whole fucking time. Yep. Um, and I'm trying to think what else happened in that first part. We were just pretty stoked. I think we seemed like we it was pretty good energy. We were not like yeah. nervous or overwhelmed. My strategy was to think about each leg very much as an individual event it's and the not the only way to do it. And not think ahead pretty much at all. Like yeah. at all. Cuz as I've shared from doing across the years, like if you for me if I start a multi-day thing and I'm thinking of it as a whole, my brain fucking freaks yeah, out. It's like getting your PhD. If you thought about the entire thing, you'd be like, I quit now. Yeah. I, no, I'm no. done. Yeah. Um, so we get done with stage one and we get to get back to our bikes. So our we're, we, we're building our bikes for the first time. Yes. And it was actually the timing was really nice. We ended up doing this kind of like nice run through of all the disciplines within the first like daylight of the race because we did the prologue then we had to build our bikes which we got to build our bikes while we were fresh which was really good um because i would have hated to build my bike for the first time after like a full day or like a nighttime of trekking you know what i mean yeah but uh, i thought i thought we didn't paddle till day 2 that's what i have we in mind we paddled on stage 3 Wow. That was Monday? Yep. The fun paddle was Monday? I'm going to have to change all my diaries. I think it was Monday. Okay. Was the fun paddle before or after the huge trek? Before. Really? That's what this says. Okay. Well, we'll, we will trust the manual. Uh, wow. That really fucks up my whole understanding of time. Okay, so we did the bike. We made the huge mistake of not sunscreening ourselves because we were having a lot of fun. We all got sunburn on the very first day. Yeah. Whoopsie doodles. Yeah. The mount, the bike was... What I remember was that the bike was pretty good the first day. The gravel section... There was a lot of gravel roads on uh-huh. this whole race, and the gravel was great. The I roads were graded it. so nicely and uh-huh. not at all rutted. They were... The gravel roads, I mean, it's a weird thing to get, like, pinkies up about, but they were beautiful gravel roads. Yeah, like, 
I love the I loved it. I you know me. I fucking hate gravel grinders. Mm-hmm. It's just a discipline I don't do. I love every other kind of biking in the world but that. Yeah. And I've completely changed my mind after riding these roads. It's funny. This race ended up being uh a flip-flopper of everything. So like generally for us as a team our preference is to be trekking. Mm-hmm. We move pretty well on a bike, but there are things that we don't don't like gravel. I usually end up being like having just a really hard, sad time. And paddling is our least favorite thing, or yeah. at least the least memorable, or the yeah. least... It's just the thing no. we want the least of. We had a fun paddle. We all, every single one of us, enjoyed the biking. And, and we, were, we trekking, did not want much more trekking. The trekking was got a little bit grindy bitch yeah it got to be a little bit of a grindy bitch yep so we did our first bike i think i think did we have to tear down our bikes at the end of that leg i don't i don't know that we did yet um uh but we did end up assembling and disassembling our bikes i think four times over the oh no we left bikes totally intact for the first paddle we just put them in that field and that's where we saw andrew on the course yes so then we got into our first paddle we did not wear dry suits because it was still 75 and sunny maybe even warmer than that by the time birds we laid our bikes that's why so we did our first paddle which was probably um the most technical whitewater we ended up on i don't know if buffalo would have been more but we hadn't i don't think so so but yeah, we it's we definitely paddled the, the Mulberry River. The mo it, it was the most technical I've done, not in a very large whitewater boat. Yeah, and everyone knows I'm afraid of boating, um, but I feel very proud of how I conducted myself. I did not spook. Um, we 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 really had fun, even on the drops we and had stuff. A fun. Time. We had a fun paddle. Uh, there was I, a lot of rapids. Like there was mm-hmm. a lot of it was like perfectly timed. Didn't get sleepy at all, which was lovely. Like, yeah. it just, it was a it was fun time. the first day. I hope we weren't sleepy. Uh, but we quickly, I don't know if we recognized until later that Annie and Laura had a self-bailing boat. And that meant that we did not. And we ended up having, I ended up having to bail the boat constantly after every rapid. So I only, so I only know this now is like, because we're boat people now. Of but course. I want to do like level set for anyone who's not a boater. So self bailing means that there's it's not all it that has complicated. Two floors. It has it has holes in the bottom. Yeah, it has. That's all. It just it has, has holes and then has a second bottom. Yeah. So so that water just goes in comes and in and then it goes back out. So right. there's downsides to that, meaning that water would get in if you had like a skirt on or you were able to keep the inside of the boat from getting water in it. So that's when you would want a non self bailing boat. But Lauren and Amanda's boat was not a self-bailing boat so it was all sealed up on the bottom so it's essentially a bucket so it's if a water bucket gets of water in, it doesn't leave and so when it would get heavy and we would go through rapids and we didn't have time to bail the center of our boat would start to sag and so we would when if you if the middle of your boat is low and you have two very large people six foot women on the top and the, and the bow and the stern you hit a rapid and then the first person goes over it and then it just sort of Boop! Yeets the back person out as you cr- like crest the apex of the feature, and so I did in fact maybe three fourths through this pedal get boop yeeted out the back, and luckily it had rained the week before, and so there were like strainers with like river debris that were caught in the strainers, so I got stuck in a pile of strainer debris. Which this is the only time you're going to hear a strainer reference as a positive thing. Since yeah, strainers right. Are what kill everyone? Right. They usually freak me out, but it caught me. So I'm standing in the strainer debris, and 
I'm trying not to panic, but I keep telling Amanda, I'm just going to float downstream. I'm just going to float down. I'll meet you on the bank. And she was like, Lauren, you will not. Just Lauren, like get panic, in the boat. Panic mindset. Why would that be I, any better? Because I didn't want to flip both of us and all of our gear. Because hmm. I think we were having a hard time understanding how the gear needed to be attached to the boat. And oh, I could yeah. see it and it wasn't properly. Actually, that's a good point. We spent probably the first whole half of that paddle, both of our boats. the boat. Just figuring out where to put the fucking dry And bag. I could see that they weren't on right. So I worried that if I launched myself into the boat and I tipped us both, we would lose all of our gear. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I, I volunteer as tribute and I will float down the river. You will grab me when we reach the bank. And she was like, no. no. And she said, everything Amanda t- told me Anything that Amanda gave me instructions on, she said to me in the most quiet, monotone voice ever, and it was precisely when I needed constantly. She was like, how about you get in the boat? And I'm like, water is rushing through my whole being. It's fucking freezing. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. it was not freezing mm-hmm. yet. It was freezing in the water. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And I did. And then we paddled to the shore and I collected myself over the course of 90 seconds and we got back down the river. That's my best recovery from something spooky in the water ever. And I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, like, stood in the river totally chill. Like, if you, even if you felt like you were panicky at all, you were just standing there chill from the outside. It was my intention in this race that whenever something scary was going to come up, that no part of me would panic. I've just been in a lot of races where I've, like, gotten, maybe not weepy, but, like, you could see that I was just on the verge of being like, no, I won't do it. (laughs) And I was like, that's not going to be me. Repelling. I thought there was going to be actual caving. It wasn't actual caving. Repelling, caving, all these things that I'm afraid of. Rapids, super afraid of. Whatever it is, I'm just going to remain completely calm. Mm. And I feel like I did that, except for I think Amanda might report that I did not do that. She, she like, characterized it as though I was really, like, extra spooked in 9B. Oh. That, like, the reason why she wasn't talking was because she was reading the river for me, which was very kind. But I think I was maybe less tweaked than she thought. Mm. I don't yeah. know. I, I feel proud of myself. Yeah. Uh, almost yeeted Amanda out. We pulled her back in by her PFD. She was fine. Yeah. Lots of lots of white water. At one point, we did this big drop kind of on accident. And I was yeah. like, as we got close, I asked Laura, I was like, is this bad? And she was like, it's not great. <laughs> like, and, I was just like, and we just go like over. And it's like, if you've seen one of those like snake seesaw things uh-huh. like at a playground, yeah. that's what it was like to go over Whoops. like through a lot of rapids and down big drops. It was like. It was just like a slinky going down. And the learning that the pack raft has so much fucking margin for error, you can like mess it up and, you really and go can. into a rock and you just kind of like bounce off you just it like you're boop off bowling. and you turn around. Yep. It's like being in a bath floaty toy. Yes, like it's it ridiculous. Is. It is. And remember, I said that after I experienced in two rivers where I was like, it's a pool floaty. Mm-hmm. I can jump in here like a penguin and it's yeah. fine. I did. I think I did see you do that yes, at some point. You absolutely did I because think... I started just doing stuff for fun to see I if didn't it was like okay. that at all. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> I just saw you like hump mount the back of your boat out of like off the shore and was like, "Why?" Oh, you might that be talking about when I did it in the canoe. That was on purpose. That seemed dumb. No, that was on purpose and that's a thing. I did not make that up and I was not goofing. All right, new mm-hmm. boot goofing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my poison ivy is weeping. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> I unfortunately didn't go get a, ster- a steroidal shot, but I would kill to have one. 
I'm trying to think what else on the boat part. Weather was really great. It was pretty warm. Uh, yeah, not too shabby that one. Um, and then we we ended up somewhere. We ended up back at Birds. No, that was not until Tuesday night. Nope, because we started a night long trek that went all the way through to Tuesday. We did not end up at Birds until the following night. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. Everyone's confused now. Yeah, that's fine. Because... We we ended the paddle in the daylight, and then we ended up, we trekked for 24, 24 hours. Yeah, just remember that we dropped, after stage two, we dropped our bikes at Birds. Uh-huh, and then we paddled, and then we trekked all the way back. You're right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, okay. Yep. So, I think it's confusing for me because we dropped our bikes, we paddled, and then at the end of the trek, we ended up back right. at Birds. So, so beginneth the day literally 24 hour long trek we i don't i think we had dry shoes somehow but man for some reason i think feet got wet over and over again this night long trek was this is where i've lost the most time i also i remember walking on the road and hearing you say we'll be on the road all night and i was like what does that mean and you meant trail Mm. but that really freaked my brain out because i thought if i have to walk on the road so by 10 ish p.m monday night laura and i were already like gremlining yes because we were like so like so amanda at one point was like you like you guys you guys you should not be this messed up and i was like sorry we're not your elite team amanda and <laughs> yeah. i was totally joking yeah. and she was like she goes i don't even mean it like that i just mean it's 11 p.m it's yeah, not it's like, it's like two it's, hours past not only bedtime. is it early in the race it's early in the evening this, like Laura, you stay up till 2.30 in the morning. It's the first night. We're not even yeah. sleep deprived yet. But the moon was coming up and for some reason walking on the road, we all kind of went boop, 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 and lost our fucking minds. And yeah. we already started getting very silly. Yeah. And also, this was probably, not probably, this was the, this first night. Was uh, my hardest night. Same here. So Lauren hardest was night. telling me about like, and I remember saying, uh... Yeah, so you were talking about how you were like, I don't know how we're going to do this. And I felt the same way, but I didn't vocalize it. I didn't vocalize it that night, did I? I remember, I think it was the first night. I don't think I said anything about being worried. I know I was feeling it the first night. I was feeling it and so were you, but I was punching it down. I was silently in my mind by like 12 or 1 the first night, like, how can I get out of here? Can I break a bone? I swear you told me about it. I told you about it later. Mm. But yeah, it was Yeah, I was already hard. I thought if this is this bad, if this is like 100 miler discomfort and like just really like delirious and I was already starting having tummy issues, I thought if I'm this tired and this tummy sick and this like in despair on night one, there's no fucking way we'll make it to day six. Yeah. No fucking way. And I didn't even... I wasn't even thinking about excuses to get out of it because I was like, I don't need to make an excuse or figure out how to get out of this. That decision will be made for me. This math doesn't, this math just doesn't (laughs) work. You thought your body would just eventually shut down? Yeah, or it would just be like, hey guys, we've all decided to stop because we've all gone nuts. Yeah. I literally thought that that's, uh, so it's good to know from other elite racers that everybody experiences that night one is the worst. It's also the night that most people don't plan to sleep at all. I don't know if that makes sense I don't know if that, in retrospect, I don't know if that makes sense either because it ended up making me feel so scared and busted. Yeah. 
I, I feel like, and I'm sure somebody's tried this and there's a good reason not to do it this way, but to me it makes more sense to sleep, you know, your three hours mm-hmm. or so, mm-hmm. the starting the first, the first night. night of the race, and then if you feel like you want to go without sleep the last the night. The last night, you should just eat all your caffeine and blast yeah. through and, like, tell your mind you're racing. Yeah. That would have been a way better strategy for me in retrospect, and I'd like to maybe get some other opinions about that. Yeah. But, like, that, I was crippled a little. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, uh, so the following morning, we we were looking for a waterfall as the sun came up. We did Potato Mountain, and then we entered the burned wastelands. There were controlled burns in the area, which in the beginning we were like, oh, this is so fascinating. And, and it was. It was really it neat was fascinating. to see, and like stuff was still smoldering. It was, it was interesting to look at. And six hours later, we were like... <coughs> We don't want to be in the wasteland anymore. Yeah. Like, we literally ended up cooking food out of dirty mud puddle water. Which and is like, where the, one of the CPs was was in this charred wasteland and, and just this yeah. filthy puddle. We tried to nap, but it, the sun was just... It was like a cloudy sun, but it was radiating on us. And it was very crackly heat. It was, it was. very, like... It was dry. It was like the ground was whispering. It was a nasty place to be. Like, uh, it's very, like, Lord of the Rings, like, Lord, yeah. like, uh-huh. uh, Sauron. I like, Sauron. Yes, like, exactly. by Mount Doom, where it's, like, everything is just, like, emanating Burned. heat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Amanda took over NAV for a little while, and we ended up having to do some really shitty, like, up and downs to stay on trails, because it was still an area in which that was required. And Amanda took over NAV because I was like, I'm too hot, I'm done now. You had asked, you said... We were talking about like letter grades, and you were like, "What? What grade are you?" you were like, "I feel like I'm an like an A minus." You were like, "What yeah. about you?" And I was like, "I said I think I'm like a B minus a C." And you were like, "You said let's get you back up to an A minus. Somebody else should have." And yeah. I was like, "Here, Amanda, it was take a good it. idea." And I I think I originally look went to look at Laura because Laura's definitely like uh nav seat number two. And I looked at Laura, and Laura also had dead shark eyes, and I was like, not you, baby. <laughs> and, 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 like, I give Amanda a lot of credit. I gave her nav kind of apropos of nothing. It was like, uh, get us out of here. I feel very, like, um, it was cool to spend as much time as I did with Amanda, but I feel like Laura and I are on the same schedule of, yeah. like, of minion time. Yeah. Totally fucked up time. Weepy time, and then back to minion time. Yeah. Like, like I, I always look to her to be like, "Are we silly yet? No, not no, yet. No, we're still sad. Okay, I'll be sad still. Are we silly yet? Oh, we're oh, thank God. <laughs> like I get that. We are just usually on the same gremlin time schedule. So we got through the burned wasteland and the waterfalls and Potato Mountain. But after we got out of the burned wasteland, it was just a crazy fucking long road walk. Oh, yeah. So we first ended up singing Bohemian Rhapsody and every other song we knew to try to stay awake. We made Potato Conversation, which kept us giggling. We um, renamed our team several times and then decided that we were uh, sponsored by Chevy Malibu. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about creating teams that were the opposite opposite names of every elite team. So we were like, okay, team no complaints. We're team all complaints. And then we were like, uh, the team gear junkie sponsored by Toyota Tundra. That's the real team name. We were just like, oh, we're going to be the... Burf Barf sponsored by Chevy Chevy Malibu. Malibu. (laughs) We also missed that that on night one, I was falling asleep and Amanda was worried I was going to fall off the cliff. That's 
right. And uh, that, that was, was valid because we were on a trail on the edge of this ledge, and I, I felt that way. I, I was, was worried I was going to fall off. I couldn't wake up, though. That was the same night that everybody had poops, and we talked about making a chocolate bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Making a because... chocolate bunny, she means encasing a live rabbit with poop. <laughs> that wasn't even me. Uh, See? Okay, and so by the second day, we ended up sleeping in some municipal lawn, and the guy came out to be like, this is a school, y'all can't really be here. No, remember, (laughs) he was not telling us we couldn't be there, he was coming out to check on us. No, he said, I need to make sure my students are safe, so I like to come out and make sure that nothing weird is going on, this is a school. Oh, hmm. He's also the first one that mentioned that there was going to be weather moving There's a level four storm rolling in. So, it's worth noting, like... Uh, Arkansas, right before we got there originally for Expedition Ozarks, had a bunch of tornadoes, like where yeah. like a bunch of shit got ripped up and a Little Rock people was, died. was impacted. And so there was a lot of uh, awareness of storms. So like this was they this gentleman came out to say like essentially get off our lawn and then was also like what are you guys doing tonight mm-hmm. because there's yeah. going to be a bunch of rain so uh the rest of the thing we had a, we had a road walk in back into birds where we had left our bikes i realized then that my feet were totally fucked amanda's were already fucked mm-hmm. coming back in from c to c she had a lot of blisters I a had, lot of people were just stumbly, bumbly walking. People like, were already drunk walking. You know, yeah. it was like maybe the afternoon on day two, a lot of people drunk walking. And w- as we approached birds, we had an option to head up left into some reentrance if we wanted to get some pro points. And those pro points were like Five, a quarter mile. 500 maybe. meters up on reentrant. We could not convince the team. We could not do it. So, uh, my, I mean, like walking up or downhill, my foot was already throbbing bad like it's it's throbbing now just thinking about it so we get into birds and this is this is the contentious spot we're definitely going to cover this in this episode because i know everyone's been talking about on other podcasts this is where the weather hold was going to happen we're at birds which is like basically like a campground and canoe livery kind of place Mm -hmm. there are a couple shelters there and there are cabins that you can rent nearby this is the place where there's power there's potties it's gonna it's Mm -hmm. gonna be the most laid out ta that you have the whole race and we know that going in and we roll in at about six ish p.m and they've informed us that we either have to leave by 11 p.m or we have to stay and be held for weather until 3 a.m. And we had several conversations about this. I didn't know whether to weigh in or not. Yeah. I'll and be on. And there was something, too, which I don't think I fully understand at the time. And whether it was for lack of understanding or just having a tired brain, even if we would have gone back out of the TA, wherever we were, we had to stay in place from 11 to 3. Like, Everybody did. So what we were saying was it would be more reasonable to shelter in a place that had all these amenities where we could get our our first very good sleep after feeling very sick and fucked up on night one. Yeah, we were all very much looking forward to our first real sleep. Right. So Amanda, who's used to racing at an elite level, basically put her feet in a sleeping bag and sat straight up for about six hours staring at us thinking, ah, can we? We should probably go. We should, can we? She was having a hard time turning her brain off, which I totally understand because she's been in an elite racing mode. Um, I took a quick shower. We decided we were going to stay. I would like to talk a little bit more about our decision process to stay or go. Yeah, do it. Because we had 
planned to sleep for three hours at this TA. Again, this was like our big gratuitous sleep that we were excited about. I know I was. I was like, I can, if I could just make it to this first sleep. Yeah. And so we got in at six. We had to be out of there at 11. I mean, it's five hours. It feels like it should be enough time. We didn't like goof at TAs, but because we weren't moving really, really fast and intentional at TAs, it just took fucking forever. Like yeah. even on our like air quote fast TAs, it it was like an hour and a half to two hours. Like it just took a long time to do stuff. It's just more gear than we've ever had. And so it was had. like so the idea of like getting in at six and leaving before eleven, you know, didn't or or to get some writing done before eleven, it didn't. It wouldn't. It doesn't seem like it would be bonkers, but it was like, hey, by the time we like get all our shit away and then get all of our shit out and sleep for three hours it will be 11 o'clock right and then if we did that do we really want to be on a ridge in the middle of the night in a potential tornado with if we can't find shelter yeah and we we went back and forth and like amanda did a really good job of balancing her her experience on other teams versus like really wanting us to have the expedition experience that we wanted for our first race and she was like what if we slept for 90 minutes here and then we rode out some and then we sheltered in place and got the rest of our sleep because honestly ideally we would have we would have done our three hour sleep while we had to shelter in place mm-hmm. anyways that would have mm-hmm. multitasked two things yeah and I we, feel 50-50 about this decision. Me too. Also, me too. Because I think we could have rallied. And obviously now because we are in the future and we know that it didn't rain for many more hours after yeah. that, uh, I feel like we probably could have made it work. Also, I just didn't end up sleeping because Amanda was awake and her feet were at my feet and I and, and my <laughs> my sleeping pad deflated underneath me. And so I just ended up being cold awake nervous and watching amanda Mm. so i didn't end up recharging and just thought shit we should have we should have fucking gotten on our bikes and ridden yeah but you know it's hard hindsight is 50 50 like we we thought maybe we could just totally reduce and in some ways we really did yeah and i slept for like five hours holy shit because we were there from six until three Oh, man, I did not. I fussed for a long time, and then I also woke up to talk to Amanda, like, three different times. Also, I was so tired. Like, there was, like, there was mapping that needed to be done and stuff and, like, getting gear around and stuff. And I was like, I said, I can't do anything until after I Mm -hmm. sleep because everything's taking me three times as long as it should. I Mm -hmm. might as well just go to sleep and deal with this when I wake when I woke up. I think this was already building the deficit that led to my my eventual... Ultimate demise. My eventual madness. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just was, like, my brain was, my heart rate was high, my brain was spinning, and I thought, like, I was doing what Amanda was doing. I was, like, mathing. I was, like, we gotta, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? Yeah. And it was hard, too, knowing that, for me, the hardest part was that we were going to be short course and that we would miss out on two stages. That was the hard part for me, is I really wanted to at least do every part of the race. And I also just was not understanding the math of that. I was, like, wait. I was, like, I don't really we don't get to do those two stages at all because we have to stay here for a few extra hours that doesn't make sense to me but looking back at the timeline even that we would have been kind of squeaking well no because we could have done the mandatories on those two stages not done so many pro points on the back 40 and we would have finished oh okay yeah yeah well we so we missed the buffalo river we decided to stay we slept we got our gear together we were out we were physically, our gear was out of the checkpoint where it needed to be, or out of the TA by 3 a.m. I bumbled and changed my pants twice because I am, I, 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 I see you, Chip. 
<laughs> I also need a last minute. I need to do something. Yeah. And there was what, like I think eight other teams that were there with us. There was quite a Easily. few teams, which made Easily. it which made it feel good. That did feel better because I was like, if we're like one of two teams that did this, I'm gonna feel like a chomp. No, it was packed. Yeah. And also, like we saw like several experienced racers still there, and we thought, mm-hmm. if you think that this is a good idea, clearly we do too. Yeah. So we rode out feeling like re-energized and refreshed it was still so fucking hot and so fucking muggy at 3 it was so it was hot. like 76 and 80 percent humidity was not moving and we were climbing Ugh. we saw a lot of frogs and a bunch of people the frogs the, I forgot about the, the frogs. hill the hill people were like this is seven miles to the top of the mess now oh yeah i don't know how I'm down to the river oh seven two miles down the river i don't know how to get up this mountain now yeah <laughs> you have a rain dragon? You good luck, girl. You got a bicycle. All right, let's go. Hey! <laughs> the Ozark accent just continuing to be the most mystifying of all accents. Uh, it's oh, astonishing what the marble mouth is like there. But yeah, it was also funny, too, because people would be shouting in what seemed to be an aggressive tone, and they were just saying, like, wow, this is a big uphill. Good for you. Yeah. Do you have rain jackets? Who knows? I can't tell if you're threatening me with a shotgun or you're like, wow, what a what a climb. <laughs> <laughs> So we ended up riding into the morning on a long, a longer gravel grinder than the leg that we were supposed to have done if we had done the mm-hmm. gr- b- bike and the buffalo. Yep. Um, and in the end, this was my favorite part of the whole race. Yeah. Uh, was we should before we get to the favorite part of ra- the race during the daytime. During the night after we got out of the TA is when we rode through a lightning storm. <laughs> yeah. I, that was all fun. It we, was fun. We were dying to have the temps lower. Mm-hmm. And so when the rain came through, the temps did lower and we slowly put on layers and we just weren't mad at it. No. We needed it to cool down. Yeah. It was about to bust us. Yeah. And there was a few light strikes of lightning where it was like, oh, this is maybe not great. We passed a team that was in their bothy bag. Yeah. And it was kind of like, I, and I'm too Midwestern to be in, to know any better in a storm. When I'm in mm-hmm. a crazy storm, I'm just like, wow, neat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like i was happy because at that stage there was two route choices and one was up on a ridge and one was barely longer i think but was flatter and had less gain and i was happy to not be on the ridge during that lightning because we heard stories about being up there and they seemed scary we also saw people on the lower route that we were on sheltering in place mm-hmm. um in barns and other structures and we just decided we were midwest dumb and kept on rolling yeah um we had so many fun things happen on this gravel grinder. We uh, met Lucy, the dog, who we named uh, a dog, a, a Basset Blood, not Bloodhound. Basset Beagle? Beagle Mix, who had a collar on that said, I am not lost. I live on the top of the hill. And she followed us for about four whole miles. Yeah. And was just sniffing out crit- critters in the ditches and just yeah. howling and being fun. And when she would lose us, she'd be like, where the fuck are they? And then catch up with us. And then she did follow us onto a busy road, which kind of bummed us out. But she ended up going home. Yeah. Um, this is the morning where I had my... So this was when Wednesday, right? Yes. Wednesday morning? Because Tuesday night was the weather hole. Okay, so by Wednesday morning to afternoon is when I had my first emotional power punch. <laughs> I was wearing my flesh-colored frog togs, the hottest piece of gear I own, and I had my race penny on on top. And uh, Annie and I have been chasing for, you know, five or seven years now this elusive 
specific piece of gear that adventure racers seem to wear that's like almost like a fishing shirt it's the rail riders adventure shirt often branded with rib mountain racing right so it's just a look that has been cultivated that we can't seem to get right because we just end up looking like two old lesbians fisherman dads yeah Yeah. or that (laughs) and um and I think I was waiting for somebody on the climb or we were eating Cadbury eggs or something and I stopped and I teared up around I don't even know who and I can't, do you remember who was next to me? Maybe it was Laura. I don't remember. I said, they were like, what, what's going on? Are you okay? And I was like, I don't know. I just, um, I really, I looked down at my shirt and I saw my sleeves and I saw my penny and I just thought, I like my shirt. <laughs> I'm the guy. Like, I watched the documentaries on expedition racing, I watched people I respect and admire do these races, and I lit- I always thought there was no way, no possible way, I could be convinced to do a five-day race, or even long enough to be called an expedition in any right, and I thought, I'm, I'm the guy, I'm the guy in the movie, doing the really hard thing, and then I just cried like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> But it was joyful. I, I mean, I don't think I was too delirious. I think I was just no. overwhelmed with emotion. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm so proud of myself that I'm here. And very erroneously thought, like, we're almost halfway done. That's actually not how time works. Um, because uh, we raced until Saturday, and this was Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. So this was certainly not this the halfway. This is after two nights when we had five nights. Yeah, this is not the halfway point. But my mind was like, Wednesday. Yeah. It's only till Friday. So, uh, with that very uh, em- emotional burst, what yeah. I thought was mid-race, which is still pretty early race, yeah. we're just going to go ahead and leave it on a um, sitcom cliffhanger yeah. and let you know who, in the end, we went to prom with. Yeah. So, at this point, we've gone through the first stages of the race. We've gotten through the weather hold at Birds, which was, I think, one of our key moments of the race. And Lauren likes her shirt. Yeah, that's, that's where plenty. We'll pick up next time. That's plenty. And until part yeah. two of Expedition Ozarks, we are Burf Barf! barf.